Apollo table, activate. Pretty tricky, right? I couldn't even find the on button. Welcome back, Marvel fans, to The Raft, an MCU podcast. On today's episode, we are doubling down because we fell behind. We're going to be talking about episodes 6 and 7 of season 5 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But before we do that, I'm your host, Tyler Zobel, and this is my co-host, William Miller. Hello. Will, how you doing? Good. You want to tell them uh, why we weren't able to record last week? Uh, Do we have an excuse? Uh, there was a waterfall coming from your ceiling. Oh, well, that was one of many things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a pipe burst in my ceiling, and the door frames became lovely waterfall installations, and it was just a great, grand old time. Um, that was one reason. Uh, also, my car died, and I had to buy a new one, and a whole other bunch of things. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's why I get a double episode. Um, do we have any other news other than excuses uh, of our se- our self news? The uh, Black Panther presale tickets beat out every oh, other. Oh, this Marvel. is Marvel news. I'm, I'm talking. I was talking about oh, our self news. Oh, personal but, okay. news. <laughs> oh, sorry. My apologies. Go ahead. Go ahead with a Marvel news. <laughs> the uh, the presale tickets for Black Panther beat out every other Marvel um, presale tickets, including the Avengers and Captain America: Civil War. Which is pretty I impressive. Think I had seen that, and that is very surprising and interesting to me. And I would like to hear someone's explanation of how or why. I mean, I'm glad that's super cool, but I, that's like not what I ever would have expected to happen. It's it's because it's the first uh, person of color main lead superhero. I guess. And they're like, okay, we have to show executives that we will watch these movies and they don't have to worry about it. it. Okay, but that's lame. Like, that's sad. I don't want it to be just like, everybody felt they should. That doesn't seem cool. I'm hoping it's something better than that. Well, I mean, it's also got to be very exciting for people that haven't been represented. I hope that's maybe more the case, that just more people are going because they want to, (laughs) not because they feel like they have to. Um, Is that worldwide or just in America? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, that's... I'll maybe do more research on that because that's actually really interesting. Um, but the uh, the same thing happened when Wonder Woman came out. Like people purchased a bunch of tickets that are like, I don't care if it's terrible. I'm gonna watch it five times right. in the theater, and yeah. that's nice. But again, I I hope it was successful on its own merits and not just for moral reasons. You know. Mm. I mean, well, we'll see when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that said, I've seen a couple new um, like teasers and TV spots, and it looks radical. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited. Um, looks super cool. Uh, just a couple. Of, there's not a whole lot more. There's just a lot of stuff coming from the set of Infinity War. Um, uh, set photos and stuff. One that's interesting. Looks like it's got Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Paul Rudd, and Mark Ruffalo. Uh, and they're all in their super suits, except Mark Ruffalo, who's in like his Hulk digital suit. <laughs> uh, but what's interesting from a VFX standpoint, uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. is just in like normal dude clothes. He's in like a track suit. Everyone else is in their super suits. But um, they all have dots on them, like motion tracking dots. Hmm. 
But they're just wearing normal clothes standing on the ground. My point is they have to paint out all of those dots or track something onto all of those dots in just like a normal scene as far as I can tell. I mean, it's an action scene, but they're not, it's not a CGI only scene. I don't, my point is there's so much CGI going on and they can obviously afford it because these are like the biggest movies in the universe. Mm-hmm that they can just put dots on every person at all times in case they need to CGI something onto something. That's the impression I'm getting. And they can do it. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Um, just kind of knowing a VFX go, I found that really interesting. Because, yeah, it's like the Captain America suit. Actually, it's like the... Interestingly, I just noticed this now. The Captain America suit he's wearing is the one that... It looks like the kind of more cartoonish one from uh, Avengers. Oh. It might not be that one exactly, but it's the more brightly colored one, not like mm. the Winter Soldier super gritty one. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. I guess they're keeping their Avengers kind of uh, in in sequence. Um, or maybe Coulson comes back and gives it back to him. Yeah. Hey! Who knows? No, he's stuck in the future. He can't do that. Uh, he'll get back in time. <laughs> Gotta get back in time. Uh, and then on the other front, Screen Rant, which is a website that talks about movies and stuff, posted a thing, I, an article I haven't read yet, uh, called "Marvel's Agents of Shield: Fitzsimmons is the Greatest Love Story in the MCU." Yep. Uh, yeah, pretty much, and they explain why. So, I and mean, they they're literally comparing it to the other romances and saying why it's better. The only so. what, are the, what are the other romances in MCU like Pepper Potts well, contract was up and then she came back. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. offered her enough money. They have a picture again, I haven't read it all. They have a picture of uh Tony and Pepper here. Uh Thor and Jane started off but went kaput. Uh Josh Whedon's attempt at Natasha and Bruce. No one really cares. There aren't other love stories in the MCU. That's what I'm determining That's true. from this. That's true. Uh, no one, nor is anyone particularly rooting for Dr. Christine Palmer at the end of Doctor Stephen <laughs> Strange. Uh, yeah, it's true. I forgot about Jury's that. Jury's out on Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne. So yeah, basically that's what they're saying. Oh, well, they're talking about Matt's, Matt's, Matt Murdock's, they quote, Matt Murdock's relationships with Karen Page and Electra Nachios mm. are both disasters. <laughs> That's what they say. <laughs> uh, anyway. Luke Cage and uh, Rosario but, Dawson. That's true. That's the only other one. hot. Uh, anyway, I just liked that they pointed this out and that they are still acknowledging Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how great it is. And I just want to say, these last two episodes are jam-packed full of stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very good. I especially yeah. enjoyed the most recent one, and I also remember it because I just watched it. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're going to struggle to remember the episode from two weeks ago. Uh, I, I think I have just like the base notes of what happened, and we can kind of give those and then go into the one we just watched. Um, uh, I want to say, though, the last episode... Oh, well, uh, let's do um, 10 second. I'll give you a 20-second recap if you need it. <laughs> I'll do it in 10. Do it in turn. Oh, also Spider-Man is still number one. Uh, so is Hawkeye. Uh, okay. Daisy fights the death in a not to the death, and then her and Fitzsimmons run away together, and then they meet up with these other people that I... I'm just, uh, I have a headache. 
I can't do this in 10 seconds. That was okay. the last episode. This episode, uh, they got on a ship and went somewhere. And they separated. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. Um, uh, general thoughts? I mean, I like these episodes. It's a lot of just delivering of events. Um, yeah. Um, I like that Fitz is back with everybody because Fitz's re- interactions with everyone is always the best part of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, that's kind of my bigger thought. I'll save that for later. Keep going with what <laughs> you got. Enough. Uh, I just want to say, again, they're they're simple episodes to talk about because it's mostly just stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're uh, they're very enjoyable and exciting, and there's some good action and stuff. Um, I have a weirder big thought. Uh, before we start, I just want to say that the last episode was called Fun and Games. The newest episode is called uh, Together or Not at All. And the last episode was the first episode and only episode of the show directed by Clark Gregg himself. Oh, this episode or last episode? The last one. Hmm. Which is very interesting. And also interesting because, spoiler alert, he got to handle the episode where Fitzsimmons both proposed to each other. Which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And that happened also. Yep. All right. Well, I can just briefly go over what happened last episode. The big main event. Um, uh, Sky did fight in their arena thing. A lot of the episode was um, Fitz pretending to be this kind of space bounty hunter and trying to wheel and deal to get Simmons free. That was a big mm-hmm. part of it. Uh, and that was really fun because he kind of got to <laughs> play tough even though... and he, it, Well, it wasn't necessarily him playing tough because it was kind of him dipping into his evil persona, mm-hmm. uh, I think, and yeah, kind of like playing so that up. Which was well, which was interesting. Um, uh, Tess, the lady who's been hanging out with them this whole season, just like really abruptly died. Uh, yeah, that was pretty surprising. Off-screen death too, like with no indication. Yeah, it was just like really blunt, which was intense. And uh, while it was quick, it was definitely surprising and unexpected. So yeah, dang. Um, and we introduced a new Inhuman character, who's this young kid who's living on the space station who, like, just got his powers uh, of the Force. Uh, and then Because she, we know that the Force is just levitating rocks, really. So that's all it is. Yeah. And then <laughs> I loved, in this episode, he showed up in, like, in a Jedi cloak. Yeah, that's like, true. That's I true. I will protect people. My thought was, uh, poor Coulson time-traveled before the new Star Wars came out, so he can't make a reference. <laughs> he, doesn't, he hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. Um... That's most of the last episode. Um, uh, May ended up on the planet surface. I don't totally remember how. Um, off the top of my brain, Fitz Fitz interrupted the fight, saying it was dumb, and then they just sent her to the to the surface. Cause, okay, because why not? All right. I and can't imagine see that this time that sending people down to the surface, like that's got to up 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 to the surface. Up to the surface. <laughs> Uh, wait, are they, I'm confused. Are they not on a space station? They're in, they're under the oh, surface. Right. And how does that go? Cause I'm pretty sure they're mm. on a space station and then they send right. them down to the surface. Right. Um, and so they're spending yeah, I'm so much, on how that works. they're spending so much fuel to transport these people to their death when like, I'm pretty sure these laser bullet cannons cost nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how much fuel costs. 
That's true. We don't know if they have fuel. Maybe they're just infinite engines. They're traveling across space. <laughs> we don't know. They never refuel the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Who knows? They just shoot blue light out. <laughs> they're they're laser powered. Who knows? They just drop a couple um, infinite uh, ammo pistols on the back and just exactly. Fire they those. just do 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 do. Yeah, and just shoot them forever. Okay, um, so the space station that they're in right now, you, you might have mm-hmm. to clarify this for me, is was part of the lighthouse that Enoch okay. and Fitz went under? I just am now putting that together. I don't think they ever explained that. I don't think they did either. But in the episode where we went to the lighthouse, I pointed out that the doors look identical. Yeah. And I thought it was like a, a flub, like a weird, like they tried to save money real quick. And but I, And I said that it was so coherent because aliens built both of them that it made sense which right. kind of turned out to be true right because now they were implying that Enoch brought Fitz to the base where he knew his friends were going to be except they fly him to another planet and then bring him back yeah. which is weird but that Fitz stashed some weapons down on a floor when it was all spick and span mm-hmm. and then in the future but see that again makes it not a space station that makes it part of the earth Right, so like because it's underground that blew up. It's underground, right? And they talk about how um, the rich the rich sections are on the bottom floor, um, and that the closer to the you know the surface is the bad zone, and then that Cass Cassius and his gang they hang out on the lower floors. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of going downwards into the earth. That's the impression I'm getting. Um, I don't remember if this season started out in space, and then they went on to the ship. But then how do they know that there's aliens on the third floor? I'm not sure. That's, that's, where, they, <laughs> that's where they teleported to, was the third floor with, like, the roaches, right? Right. Right. But the, from there, they looked out the window. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'm not totally sure. <laughs> um, we'll figure it out eventually, maybe, or else there's some sort of weird mistake. Going I, on. I, I wonder if when the Earth blew up, there was just the bunker just got blown off away on from another the chunk yeah that's very possible um yeah because we haven't seen we've seen the debris field of like asteroids so mm-hmm. that's possible um we meet Cassius's brother in these episodes uh and he has weirdly human hair even more so than Cassius has <laughs> yeah uh because it's like not even jet black it's like kind of reddish brown <laughs> uh-huh. on his blue face just kind of looks weird but uh yeah yeah. Um, I wrote Enoch is still great. He's in Blue Man Disguise, which is kind of fun. And I, I figured out what his demeanor is and why he's so likable. He's like Alfred from Batman. You know? <laughs> Where he's just very kind and polite, but like secretly a tough guy who will just handle your stuff and just, just help you out. Well, and he's kind of a robot. <laughs> yeah. He acts like one. Um, also, his skin suit can change colors which because he he, right. he has like a hologram <laughs> he has a holographic skin suit yes maybe yeah i'm not sure yeah or he just turned on maybe he can just control the shade of it so he just turned it to blue mode <laughs> he just yeah and then to human mode just change the tint. i mean literally if it can just change colors he can pretty much be any alien in this universe because they're all just humans with different colored skin so that's true so long as it has a color setting he's set Mm-hmm. Uh, him and May meet on the surface in the second episode, 
and uh, I liked their conversation. I also liked that set. Uh, it looked cool, and the wind blowing around, it looked really, like, wrecked. Mm-hmm. And uh, Halloween Town style-esque. <laughs> uh, and I, I don't know, I liked it. For some reason, that scene felt very cinematic to me, in a way. Even though it's just two people talking. Um, I, I liked it. And again, it was kind of two people we haven't, who haven't met yet. And uh, just kind of getting on towards the end of the, the spoil. The, the kind of cliffhanger at the end of the first episode was a lot of um, the Fitzsimmons kind of stuff. And then finally getting back together. Uh, after like 90 years and then um, the second episode is that uh, the little girl who can see the future and writes the pictures and has the little wooden bird uh, is still alive in the future and is the leader of this like secret revolution of gas mask wearing people on the surface which is really cool Um, and she got her thoughts together right and she she can control her powers apparently and uh, is super cool so yeah, that was a cool twist I was not expecting. Uh, as soon as she showed up, I was like, oh, I know this is somebody we've met. But I, I was trying to like go through the list of people it could be. And that, honestly, in the five seconds I had to think, that didn't come up. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, oh, okay, cool. All right. So I like that. That was a good twist. Yeah. Uh, my only... From me not remembering anything from past seasons... Uh... <laughs> When she like handed held out the bird, I was like, "Has she met May before?" And would May find this bird significant? Uh, so significant. I think they all did. Did they? Okay. Yeah, because it was it was one of their sort of monster of the week episodes back when the Inhuman crisis was like going on, where they were kind of finding it, the Inhumans when they were all drinking the fish food, mm-hmm. the fish water, and uh, the fish oil, and yeah. So she was, or her dad was one of the people. Um, who got triggered. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, again, that th- this episode has related really heavily to that one episode. <laughs> um, weirdly. Um, another throwback we had, which I was not anticipating, and the I think Gravity I even referenced Man? lately. Yeah. The Gravitonium is back from season one. The guy isn't, but the substance is a thing we've basically ignored. So, that was surprising. And um, the guy... Well, the <laughs> substance and the guy were the same thing at the end, right? Well, it he implies was, that he's still alive and he's going to come back as some sort of super bad guy, but it never happened. Right. But the the stuff was still in ca- containment in, like, a bunker somewhere. Um, so, yeah, they still got it, and that explains how uh, there's gravity on this, like, shell of the planet, supposedly. Oh, that's how they're making the artificial gravity? Well, that's how they said there was artificial gravity for the space station. Mm. Because they were in the, um... Uh, the utility closet. Yeah, they're in the life support closet, so that's where they make the gravity in the air and the whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then they just shoot a lot of guns in there, <laughs> which didn't feel smart. But um, when, Also, an alien shoots a desert eagle in this episode, which I loved. And, and, and bayonets somebody, too. <laughs> yeah, and they bayonet somebody. Yeah, a lot of gun use. Also, and there was a great line that at first I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I was like, ha, they're just saving money, which was... This one guy says he only kills humans with human tools. Yeah. Which is just their way of not having to make any alien weapons. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we just can just use all the prop guns we've been using all along, which I thought was great. I, when he first said that, I was like, okay, wait, they're going to give the humans their weapons and then attack them? And then later I no. realized that he wanted to use their tools. <laughs> right. Well, and, well, and they, set, they set that up as being knives. 
he has some sick knives. Mm-hmm. And then they have a conversation about how I don't use, I don't, the other guy, the, the brother, is like, oh, I prefer not, swords to guns. I like to feel the blood of my enemies. And then we cut back to the guy who was using the knives and he just has a machine gun. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he doesn't really care. Just so long as it's human made. Uh, he doesn't follow this rule yeah. very closely. Um, I have a couple lines written down that I liked. Um, they are trying to escape to the surface, but they're all locked in a room together, and that guy is very slowly punching holes in a wall. Uh, like super I like this slowly, and they even comment on that. Yeah, <laughs> the other lady watching is like, "You're very slow." <laughs> um, I liked that scene though because they're gonna they're getting chased, and then the rock controlling kid like blocks the door, and it's like, "Oh yeah, cool, problem solving." And then they just quickly <laughs> subvert that, and they're like. Oh well, crap! That didn't work. Uh, so I like that. They had that but, gun. Uh, they had that gun ready. The yeah, door yeah. blasting gun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the like, wall, the wall, the wall hole chunker, yeah. and it doesn't seem like it's shooting anything because no one's dodging bullets. Just it just like makes tiny air. holes. Yeah, it's like a, it's some sort of uh, tool, some yeah. hardware. Um, Actually, but uh, Colson has a great. Did oh, you sorry. see No Country for Old Men? Yeah, it's like that. It's that guy. I read moment. the book first, actually, weirdly. Um, but yes, they explain that thing more in the book. It's a thing they used to uh, kill cattle with. Yeah. Um, but uh, Coulson has a great line that I liked, which was, uh, they're all like, we're all going to die. We're trapped. And he's like, we're a room of secret agents, scientists, and superheroes. Someone give me something. Which I just liked as some of this show. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they're escaping... Uh, the one slimy guy says he's gonna go first, and then they're like, "Hey, no!" Uh, all together at once, which is kind of funny. I, and then they've done that a few times this season, where everyone uh, will react agrees. very negatively towards one other person's <laughs> comment, and I love it every time. Oh, it's funny, yeah, because it's usually something the audience is kind of thinking, like, "We're not doing this again!" Like, "Come on, now, we're not <laughs> stupid." Um, I like yeah. that. Uh, but no, then uh. Uh, Sky, whatever Daisy says, um, Fitzsimmons, you're gonna go up first. But she calls them Fitzsimmons, yeah, which which is not used in a long time. Nod to season one, yeah, old school, which is lovely. Um, what else do I got? Uh, Oh, uh, there's a shot. This might be one of the last shots in the thing, besides the reveal of the Bird Girl, um, where they're flying. They find they're trying to fly the ship away which is a really good effect shot of them like flying through kind of this lower atmosphere of busted mm-hmm. up earth which was really cool looking but i like how they just had one throw because there was kind of some drama about who's gonna fly it no one knows how to fly it the kid who's about to fly it backs out and then uh yo-yo and max stay behind with that kid and they're gonna freedom fight for the rest of the season which is kind of cool i hope uh, it seems like it'll be cool um and they're also going to have to travel to the third floor and get a box of guns from an alien-infested level. So that will hopefully be a scene we'll see that will be exciting. But um, I like how they just had one throwaway line to explain how they're flying at all, which is uh, Colson saying, "This isn't exactly like the fl- not exactly like the flying car." Right. And that's all he said. But I was like, "That's that's just a magical little nugget of exposition because it's a funny reference. It's like it's kind of cute, but it just explains the situation in one line." To the audience, mm-hmm. but it just works. It just works. That's how you write exposition. Just a simple line. You just need one line to explain anything. If you're in a sci-fi 
nonsense show, and it just <laughs> nailed it. If you're in a show it. with a guy with a flying car and a robot hand, that's all blind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, Doctor Who knew this. Uh, you only need so much to get the audience on board. If you do it right. Um, that was my little thoughts. I don't know if you had any more. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, the alien effects looked good again. Um, again, we see a lot of the creature. We kind of know what it looks like. It's not very mysterious. I think you had mentioned you maybe want to see it less. Um, but when uh, it gets stabbed and then kind of like wrenched back and forth, mm-hmm. it looked the the mo- the movement of it kind of getting ripped around uh, was pretty cool. And I yeah. thought that looked it sold that uh, to me. And also, the lighting is very kind of specific in that set, and the CG on the creature really matched it, and it felt. It, to me, it looked like it was kind of really there. It didn't look kind of floaty and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I think it being dark helps, um, but that's why you do that to make it look good. So, props to them for their creature effects. I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Also, like grappling hook thing too, looks pretty decent. Yeah, yeah, that was cool, and that was more somewhat physical. I think like the actual like grippy claw thing uh, connected to the ground. It was like an actual prop, maybe. I'm not sure. Hmm. It's kind of a quick little sequence, but yeah. yeah, that was a cool thing for avoiding gravity storms, which are a thing, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Um, all right, you got a big thought? Yeah. Uh, so this this episode and show has succeeded in a way that uh, Luke Cage and some other stuff failed, where they brought in a bigger bad from the guy that they've been building up the entire season. Mm. But then rather than ditching the original guy and just being like, oh, this guy's worse, they mm-hmm. use the the worst guy as a prop to make the original guy that we spent the most time with even worse. So, I, like... I, I didn't think about that, but you're 100% right. Because, <laughs> like, in, like, in Luke Cage, they had Cottonmouth, who was like, very intimidating and really cool. I spent a lot of time with him. Right. And then the last bit, they're like, okay, now he's dead, and the guy that he was working for is going to come and try to kill Luke Cage. And it like, mm-hmm. it was like, what is the point it, of trying to develop two characters that are just trying to do the same thing? And yeah. so these and guys... kind of did it a little better, but still kind of botched it with uh, Elektra and uh, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, right, yeah. Where Sigourney Weaver's death does back up Elektra, who we have had longer... But that whole season wasn't didn't have a lecture in it. It had a lot of recording weeks. <laughs> right. So they kind of they were halfway there. They failed the um, opposite way. Yeah. They kinda they got the ending right, but they missed the setup. Yeah. So having um, Yeah, having Gasai's kill his brother and having his subordinate kill the other subordinate without, you know, commands to, it was it was good. It made it made sure. them far more interesting. A lot of backstabbing. Mm-hmm. Uh, literal uh, and back metal ball shooting um, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff yeah uh, that leads perfectly into my big thought which is that uh, I watched the first episode of the Inhumans show <laughs> which <laughs> I think we'll get to eventually I've said we're behind on so many other things but um, I think this season especially this episode is like doing what I think Inhumans was trying to do but it's actually succeeding um, by making a good television show that's a big part of it. And it's also setup. I think setup is incredibly important. You have to earn a lot. So 
I think one thing, again, dipping into DC territory. DC recently didn't do a great job, from what I heard, with, like, uh, Justice League. And that makes total sense to me, because they didn't set any of that stuff up. Mm -hmm. They made, like, two movies, and then were just like, go! (laughs) Uh, And everyone will be on board, because that's the new craze, but it didn't... Yeah. Um, But, uh... And I think in humans, from what I could tell... It wanted to be some sort of like spacey Game of Thrones in the Marvel Universe. And they didn't set up any of those characters, and they're really kind of flat, and I don't think anybody really cared. And I certainly don't, because that's why I haven't watched it yet. But um, this episode is that, and this season actually has had a lot of that DNA kind of in it. Where um, the first episode is about, it's about a civilization of inhumans on the moon. It's really what it's about. It's really weird. But um, they have like a, it's their, it's your day. It's your like a terogenesis day. And they put the people in like these crates and then they spray them with the gas and then they change or they don't or whatever. And it's like their coming of age. So we actually kind of had that episode, a dark version in this season where um, the slavers bring other kids up. It was like last episode actually. Mm-hmm. And then they spray them, and then some change, some don't, and then that kind of sets them for their future. So that it had kind of that feel to it. It has a lot of the inhuman Cree backstory in it. Uh, and then now we even have this kind of um, posh sector of society and this kind of Macbeth meets Game of Thrones like power play thing. Um, but it's more fun than like being taken super seriously. I, I find it fun because one thing that I kind of find funny is that the Kasaias guy is just, they're all hamming it up evil-wise. Like, hardcore. And it's fun to watch. But what's also great is, like, they take their lines so seriously, but they're all blue. <laughs> they're all they're yeah. all just painted blue. So it's, I find it really enjoyable to just watch people commit so hard while also having their face painted blue. Because um, that's inherently funny to me <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway that said I liked it and I actually liked the drama I liked the him killing his brother and this thing of him kind of it's simple it's not like super complicated stuff dramatically but it's fun I mean it's paying off in what it's doing but then where the characters we really care about they're not really doing that they're kind of they're doing what they've always done they're doing cool action and spy stuff and superhero stuff yeah so they're having a bit of this kind of uh inhuman serious drama flavor but they're not drowning us in it um it's just kind of adding a new twist for our characters to react to uh and it keeps the because the villains are very villainy and maybe not super interesting but they're kind of bickering with each other and their things aren't all perfect in their future and they're not at all happy with what they're doing uh so i don't know i like them uh i always talk about villains but uh these ones are simple, but they're fun. And they're working in a way I think Inhumans wished it had from the impression I get from it. Mm-hmm. That's my big thought. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any more ad bet. That's a <laughs> good thought. I'm pretty sure I'm right, so you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you're off the hook. Uh, anyway, I'm excited to see where it's going. Um, well, I, even on the Macbeth note, I like that he creepily rubs his brother's blood all over his face. Mm. Uh, it was weird, and I I like Macbeth. I like a lot of versions of Macbeth. And that's, uh, it felt very Macbethy of, like, the two weird lovers who just killed a person being like, oh yeah, we have blood on our hands. Um, they might not be lovers, but 
it seems like probably they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that we got some backstory on them also, as yeah. opposed to just kind of being. Uh, we didn't need it because we can pretty much understand their motives, but just getting a little bit in this story about this kind of war they were in was cool, and it kind of set that up. So, also the Sonara's like she she hasn't said anything the entire season, and she had a few lines in this. Was it the first time she spoke? She may have said, like, a tiny bit. Right. Because that surprised me, too. I was like, oh, hmm, I don't remember her talking before. And, like, she, the delivery was good, and she actually seemed intimidating. So it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was worth it. I was wondering if they were maybe just keeping her quiet because she couldn't act or something. <laughs> uh, but she seemed, she seemed to be doing well. Well, she might be more of a stunt person if she's been doing, like, fight scenes. Mm, that's probably uh, Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I like that they... She's still the muscle, and really they've established that the reason she's around is she's the one who gets her hands dirty while he makes the decisions, kind of, um, for them for them both. It seems though that like she kind of makes the decisions too, though. Like she was forced. Well, yeah. You know? I mean, who's really in charge is kind of part of it. Yeah. But she, well, maybe she kind of rides his not rides his coattails, but she kind of uses his name, maybe, kind of to kind of manipulate him. It's hard to tell, but. uh I like that basically they established kind of a clear motive for her other than, oh, she's the tough one, obviously, because she's being tough. <laughs> Whereas they actually set up this kind of story where she defended him, even though he was kind of being a coward. Yeah. Because they kind of have this deal. They kind of have this understood relationship. And she's willing to kill allies and people who are probably, who would probably actually help them, uh, <laughs> even for his sake, um, by killing this other killer and the brother. Um which, yeah, I don't know. I, I, they, again, these characters are so kind of... They're standard enough that we didn't need this, but we just got kind of a quick, efficient snippets of their kind of history that um, I think was really uh, well done. Yeah. They feel like pretty good villains. Um, oh, uh, one more thing. There was like a Mission Impossible 3-esque uh, there's a bomb in your brain scene, and then we pulled it out with some tweezers. So that was good. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Tyler Zobel. You can find me on Twitter at TyZobs, T-Y-Z-A-B-S. And I've been Will Miller. You can find me on Twitter at WillerXXMiller. I do push-ups now. Double digits. Bye. Bye! Oh, come on. That's unbelievable. What the hell? Who designed this?